I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a bit about walking and a metaphor for fitting things in. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 296, Making Time. We have been having such unusually warm weather here where I am. It is February, mid-February almost, and it has been unusually warm. And maybe more important than the fact that it has been weirdly warm is the dry of it. The dry of it matters. The dry has given me no excuse to not try and walk. Now, I have mentioned the fact that my walking took a nosedive in January after really good intentions and some really good modeling over the holidays when heading out with my mom for a walk seemed good and doable and a part of every day. It all seemed logical and possible when she was here. But then January came, and in January, the rains came in full force. And my good intentions, especially since I was all by myself in these intentions, took a serious nosedive. Things, if possible, went backwards. Without change, my step count is abysmal. It is abysmal. This is not new. I have been working at home for a very long time. So I work at home. I work at my desk With the exception of drop-off and pick-up, I am at my desk for 12 to 14 hours a day, some days more. I walk back and forth to the kitchen. I walk in circles. I walk up and down the hall. I jog in place while I wait for my coffee to brew. I am constantly trying to find a way to get more steps. My dog does not walk much or far. So when we do not have a foster, I don't have all those extra trips up and down the hill. And it makes a dramatic difference on the total for the day. Dramatic. And we have not had a foster. We have not had a foster since uh, November, November, October, whenever it was that we had that last foster. We have done a little bit of dog sitting since then, but no new foster. It's probably time for a foster. And even though these are always senior rescues, it is good that most of them really enjoy walking. Our dog, not so much. So January was disheartening in terms of tracking steps. This month, it has been unusually sunny and dry. Now, I am not a fan of the sun. That is not going to come as a surprise to anybody, I don't think. I'm not a fan of the sun. I'm very content with fog and gray and doom and gloom. I don't like the bright. I can't see in the bright. I detest sunscreen. There are all kinds of reasons. I actually prefer it to be overcast, gloomy, foggy, gray. 
Before climate change, this was the perfect city for me. But now we have a lot of sun. And in February, that has been a good thing because the sun has made it possible, even logical, for me to take a walk. Now, this all probably sounds simple, depending on where you live and whether or not you work a day job. It might sound incredibly straightforward, simple, obvious. How difficult can it be to take a walk? Remember, your mileage may vary. We all have different scenarios. And in my case, I won't say it is the hill. I really won't say it is the hill. Maybe it is the sense that coyotes or skunks or raccoons or various kinds of rodents will dart out at me at any point walking up or down this hill that makes walking my own street seem pretty uninteresting, definitely less than compelling. My son walks to and from school. It's a luxury in the city. He's very lucky that that is the case. It's not the way the school system works, really, in terms of how you get assigned to a school. So he walks, and there is a stretch at the bottom of our hill that he says makes him want to throw up. Something clearly is dead. In the middle of the city, there have been times in recent years that I have marveled at the wildlife that we see. There was a mountain lion just a few months ago, less than a half mile from here. It is definitely hard to fathom all of this wildlife in this area, in the middle of a city. It's very interesting to think about. And I feel like a good bit of it is concentrated right here on my hillside. So with something smelling very dead down at the bottom of the hill, it must be pretty bad for him to have mentioned it. Chances are really slim that I will walk that far down the hill. And the skunks, there are plenty of those. They have darted out before as I'm walking the dog from under one car or another or between one house or another. And we smell them all the time. And then this recent squealing at night. I am not sure what animals get credit for this recent night show, but... It has been unnerving. Walking the dog at midnight, which is her final walk, walking the dog at midnight takes a whole lot of gumption on some days. So, step count. Without a foster, it is not going to happen on my street. I am sure we are already really odd neighbors. A house in need of repair, a garden constantly overrun with weeds, Walking up and down the hill a dozen times every day would certainly add to my feeling of oddity. Streets are funny. Neighborhoods are funny. Reality is funny. And so very different than what you see on TV or in a book. Maybe there are people who live the ring the doorbell unannounced and borrow a cup of sugar reality or ring the doorbell unannounced and come in for a cup of coffee. I can't even imagine. I don't even want that really. I bet those people also walk their streets and even have someone to walk with. Yes, I can imagine an entirely different reality. I can imagine it. And maybe that is yours. Mine will never be what I wish, at least not in the foreseeable future. But I actually don't think it's ever going to even come close 
even come close to that storybook existence. I'm not sure I believe in that storybook existence. So if I want to increase my steps, since walking in circles in the living room, in the tiny living room, isn't going to do it, I have to leave the house. I have to leave the house. And no, this is not an agoraphobia story. I definitely sometimes think I could qualify as a hermit if I didn't have things that force me to leave the house. But this is not that kind of story, I promise. So I have to leave the house. I have to deliberately get in my car and go somewhere to walk. Now, that sounds completely counterintuitive to me. It sounds really strange to have to drive somewhere in order to go for a walk. But that's pretty much what it amounts to. No space for a treadmill and no money for a treadmill. No money for a gym. And I definitely don't want the hassle of figuring out parking at a gym. Really, really don't. You have to live in a city to understand the reality of that. So I have to leave the house to walk. And if you think there is probably a metaphor here for figuring out how to make time and space for art, for art in your life, you are absolutely right. The parallel here between fitting in better health or more steps and making a commitment to creative time is absolutely not lost on me. And that's partly why I'm willing to follow this. This is an unusual, unusual story for me to tell. But it's partly why I'm willing to follow this. I'm not going to give that other talk right now. That talk about fitting in your art and your creative self and your creative you, making time for those margins and making time for that in your margins, all of that is foundation for the CMP. The belief that if you want to be more creative, you have to make the time to be more creative. So I'm not going to give you that talk today. I'm just going to keep on talking about walking and about forcing myself to do it and about having to actually make it happen because I'm not going to suddenly look down and see that I've got 7,000, 8,000, 9,000, 10,000, 12,000 steps if I'm just sitting here at my desk. So if I want to walk, I have to leave the house. Leaving the house means extra time getting somewhere, extra time getting somewhere. Someone I know with more time than me goes to a nearby beach point every day to walk her dogs. Every day. Sometimes more than once a day. And it is a beautiful spot. I can only imagine the wonder of seeing that spot every day. It is a beautiful place. It is wonderful that we live so close to such a place. It is beautiful, but it is also a very hard walk down from the parking lot all the way down, top to bottom to the beach. But then there is open air, open space, and the possibility of sea glass. She has collected more sea glass than you can imagine. Beautiful, large, giant containers filled with sea glass and it takes a lot of sea glass to fill even a jelly jar she has collected so much sea glass and now she has moved on to alphabet rocks and hearts heart rocks she is someone who finds hearts but going there going to that place it isn't all that far in miles that's the thing about this city 
lots of things are really not that far in miles and yet might take you 20, 30, 40 minutes, even if it's only two, two and a half miles away. So this spot, this spot of wonder and beauty and whimsy and magic and sky and light and sea glass, it's not all that far. It might take 20, 25 minutes to get there and 20, 25 minutes to get back, maybe a little bit more. And then 20 minutes maybe to get from the lot down to the beach. And then you go for a walk. And so you have that amount of time, this meandering walk. And then you have the climb back up, which is a climb that has certainly felt difficult, even in healthier years. And when you add it all up, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. It is a commitment. And it's a reality that I can't swing. I can't stop in the middle of my workday and fit that in. And it's something that not everyone can understand. So I can't do that. I just can't manage it. Even if I want to manage it, I can't manage it because there's too much on each end. It is too encumbered. If I'm going to manage even 30 minutes of walking or running, I can't add a ton of time on each side. I don't want to because this isn't where I want to spend whatever little time I can carve. So I don't want to make it encumbered. I don't want to make it more than it has to be. The core, that 30 minutes, which would be a good start, that's what's important. So I want to trim it down as much as possible on each end. So here's the lucky thing, because there is actually a lucky thing in this story. It's taken me a little bit to work up to doing this and doing it on my own. But there is a lucky thing, because there is a reservoir right next to the park, right around the corner. So, okay, it's not right around the corner, but basically it is. It's up the hill, down the hill, and around the corner. Really, there's this tiny little loop. It is basically a gigantic concrete slab surrounded by a fence. And they took months and months and months to redo this area a few years ago. And all you can tell after all of that time is that it is a giant concrete slab surrounded by a fence. And that is elevated. And around that... On the outside of the fence is this walkway, this concrete path. It's a loop surrounded on two sides by hillside and on one side by the street. And on the other side, the park is down below. So this reservoir sits going up a hill. And it takes less than five minutes to hop in the car, drive there and park. Now, this is a wonder. This is part of the wonder. You can park there, the street parking. And it's not overly crowded. There's always somewhere to park. So my mom and I walked there over the holidays. She walked. It's good for her. I walked. It's good for me. And I jogged. I jogged some circles around her as we walked and talked. So I walked and I jogged and I jogged beside her. And I thought, hey, I can do this. I can fit this in. And I also thought, hey, I can do this. I can fit this in and still manage to draw a picture every day. I am living the good life, right? It didn't cost me anything. I didn't have to pay for anything. It's so super close. It's not even really a huge waste of gas. I can do this. I can fit this in. I can make room for this in my life. I can be someone who says, yeah, I went for a walk today. And eventually I can be someone who says, yeah, I jogged today. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, I do this. I do this a couple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. So see, those are the December 
early January voices in my head. Because January came along and dumped me in a big old puddle and found me with less steps than maybe ever. But this month, I took a renewed look at things. I said, it doesn't really matter that January didn't work. It doesn't really matter that you didn't do this on February 1. What matters is starting. What matters is trying and trying again. And so I'm not going to throw any confetti in the air or raise any flags, but I have really been trying. I have been proactively leaving early for school pickup and parking at the loop and walking. Now, because of the hillside and because at times this loop is kind of deserted, I had some hesitation. I am cautious always. We have to be, all of us. We have to be cautious when we do things like this by ourselves out in public, especially when you get walking around a loop like this and you are far enough away for it to potentially be a problem. So I've been cautious. But on most days, there are other people there also walking or walking their dogs. And I have been building up just to being able to go and do this by myself and feel unafraid. And that's a good thing too. So I've been parking at the loop and walking and I haven't done as much as I'd like. And in the most discouraging way possible, even when I actually go and walk, I still don't come anywhere near my target step count for the day. And I had an intermediary goal. I was trying to be pragmatic. I have a midway goal in my head. And even with a deliberate walk, I'm still not even close. So I am walking right now on the more is better than none and something is better than nothing mindset. More is better than none. Something is better than nothing. Now, that would certainly hold true with your art, right? More is better than none. Something is better than nothing. I'm going with that, and I'm trying to build up my tolerance for doing this by myself, build up my habit of doing it, make it something that I hold myself accountable to each day, and I may reach that point. Once something really sets in for me, I can be extremely self-disciplined. So I'm working up to it. The problem isn't actually the walking. It's not that I am tired or can't do it. It's not that at all. It's actually that I find it incredibly boring, really boring. So this is not like art in that respect because I find it boring. But I went six out of seven days last week and I feel good about that. It is a start. But I have not figured out the right thing to listen to to make this whole thing more palatable. This feeds right back into my monkey mind, that restlessness, that sense of doing something and constantly trying to figure out when you're going to be done because the doing isn't enough to completely occupy you and occupy your mind. I think walking is that way for me. So I keep trying to figure out what I can listen to, a little bit of multitasking. What can I listen to to make this all make sense for me? I've tried podcasts and I've tried playlists. I haven't really found the right thing to keep me going longer than my baseline. Podcasts may be my best shot. Probably. I like podcasts, and I've been trying to find just the right voice and the right story. I'm trying to find just the right thing that's going to really hook me. 
not a super big fan of interviews. So, and this is going to sound a little bit strange, I think. But one day this week, I pulled up an old episode of the CMP. Working on a series of sketch notes of shows starting in 2016 to give myself some kind of logical anchor so that it didn't feel quite so Herculean in terms of tasks. Starting in 2016, that is part of my plan for this year. In the last week or so, I've been reshuffling my deck just a little bit. One of my other pet projects may move to the front. I said that out loud and then a few things happened, kind of hit me over the head several times in different ways. And it may be that something is trying to make a play on the outside edge and come into the foreground in a different way. And that would be fine. That is also part of my goals for the year. So I'm reshuffling, I'm thinking, but I'm feeling committed, feeling like reaching for something, feeling like acting on an idea rather than just talking about it. But the sketch notes, that project is still really important to me. Whether I can do it or not, I don't know. And whether I can make it work or not the way it is in my head, I don't know. But in order to try this at all, I have to do two things. I have to, one, listen to old shows, and I have to, two, actually sketchnote. And really, I have to do that all at the same time. I need to listen and sketchnote simultaneously. But I thought, I'm going to go ahead and pull up one of these shows and just listen and see what I think and what I hear. So I listened to 177, the second show from 2016, when I started doing this again. And it was about drawing coffee cups every day, a challenge. So I listened to that one and thought about that me and that challenge and drawing cups and the practice and the habit that offers about what that gives someone as a way to help develop both drawing skill and drawing habit. I listened. I listened. I thought about that show the challenge, those cups. I thought about my project and whether or not this sketchnote idea has any merit I thought about the fact that that show, or maybe the one after it, one of those coffee cup shows was a show for which I did an illustrated note in my composition book. And I had this idea that I would do these visual notes and that those would become my notes for the show, sort of working the opposite direction, doing the visual notes and then podcasting from those notes. So I had similar thoughts about all of this back then. But in the two years since, I've been given new terms, new examples, exciting examples. I've seen that there is this whole community doing something that falls really closely in line with several of my interests, been given a new way to conceptualize what I was already doing and trying and envisioning within this framework. Can I do it? I just don't know. I'm still not sure. Would anyone be interested? I just don't know. I'm not sure. Does the word illuminated manuscript keep coming to mind? Absolutely. Of course it does. I will never be that far from my roots. Illuminated manuscript, it really has no relevance. It's not the same thing. But the idea of an illustrated set of show notes, I can't shake it. I can't shake it. And yet, it's going to take some actual doing. It's going to take doing to fit it in. It's going to take doing to get better at doing it and to get good enough at doing it to call it something that in and of itself, I know is a stumbling block. 
and I'm seeing it in other people too. And it deserves its own conversation. And like I said, another project may win my attentions right now. That project could be more short term if I force myself. It is also something I need to just do. I need to print out some pages, decide on a size, and just do it. I talk about it. I plan it. I think it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Yes, see, I want it. These are things I want. But just wanting something is not enough. You have to do. You have to make time to do. I need to just do and see where it goes and see how it feels and see what happens and see if it leaves me restless or if it's the right thing. See if I can make it a part of this path of who I am and what I have to offer and how I want to record. Just like walking, when we want to bring about change, sometimes we have to actively and deliberately do. We have to make rules and boundaries and guidelines to help us find the path and get on it instead of just talking about it. And maybe we can use a friendly nudge. Maybe we need that now and again. Someone who says, yeah, you can, or you should, or I'd like to see that. Sometimes we want that too. But a lot of the time, it really has to be within you. It has to be deep down inside. You dig deep and you say, I know I'm not going to wake up and see that I've walked 10,000 steps. I have to actually work at it. All of these things, they demand that you work at them. You have to work at them. Do, not just talk about doing, and not just wish for doing, and not just want, and not just hope. We have to be willing to build up our strength, our stamina, our skill, our muscle, our memory, our tolerance, our bravery, our courage, our self-knowing, our self-discipline, all of these things. We can't run a half marathon on day one. We shouldn't expect to. I don't know why people expect to be able to run marathons in art or create the works they see in their heads or sit down the first time and write a prize-winning novel without building up the practice, the skill, the learning, the experience, the actual doing. There are all kinds of parallels here, so many, but not for today. I'm making time to walk, and I have to keep telling myself this day after day. I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. I have to proactively plan it. I have to say over and over to myself mentally in my day, I'm going to leave at 2.30 today and fit this in. And maybe it'll be 2.45. And maybe it'll be 3. And pretty much I can work within this. I know how long it takes me to get there. I know how long it takes me to walk X number of times around this loop. I know that I can fit this in. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave today at 2.30. I'm going to leave the dog here because if I take the dog with me, I can't walk. I am carving out time and a way and a path to do this. I have to say it doesn't matter if I don't have this or if I don't have that. And that was a stumbling block. Yeah. Yeah, that, that thing that I'm not going to talk about, that was a stumbling block because there are a lot of stumbling blocks and we can get really caught up in what we don't have and what we would like to have and what we think, well, if I had this, 
it would really reinforce this for me and it would make all of this better. And I would really do it if I had this. You have to get beyond that. You have to work with what you do have. I'm working with what I have. I'm working with what is. I'm working with what is possible. And I'm telling myself that I can. If I make myself do this, then I can. And you know what? I draw in pretty much the same way. I proactively plan it. I tell myself I'm going to do it. I use what I have. I don't buy new things. There are a lot of parallels you can make. I'm walking because I need that habit. And maybe for you, the habit you need is finding time to create. I read an article last week about the world's loneliest bird named Nigel. And Nigel died recently. The title of this article is Nigel, the world's loneliest bird, dies next to the concrete decoy he loved. And I kept the tab for this article open in my browser for days and days. I just couldn't bear to close it. Nigel was a gannet bird that lived on Mana Island, an island off the coast of New Zealand. That's how the story starts. The story has come back to me several times. The image of that bird. The image of that bird, and in a related way somehow, Memories of the puffins in Oregon and of drawing the puffins. It all kind of ties together with seeing this image of Nigel. But Nigel's story was heartbreaking for me. The story has come back to me several times, the image of Nigel. It's a very strange and a very sad story. A tale about a bird that was lured to an island in 2015. An island which scientists hoped would provide a safe haven and the beginning of a repopulation of the species. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen as quickly as they hoped it would happen. But Nigel came. This one bird came. He came to this empty island and never left. Nigel lived there all alone. And they built concrete birds on this island. Concrete gannets, part of the lure. And Nigel loved one of these concrete birds. He nurtured the bird. He made a nest for the bird. This is the stuff of fiction. And yet not. And it is so sad. It is sad to know that right before he died, a few other birds arrived. The island may still become the refuge that scientists hope. But not in time for Nigel. The story has stuck with me. It has stayed with me. Especially that image of Nigel and that concrete bird. Just think about that. Just think about that. And then reach out to someone, to someone real. Reach out to someone because you don't want that. So it's a total non sequitur, or maybe not. This lonely bird on an island with a concrete friend. Those of you who heard the short show recently where I talked about going to the library and finding a couple of unexpected books that made me stop and think twice a show about serendipity and savoring those moments, you will smile to know that this week when I went to the library and pulled into place to park, the car in front of me had a license plate that, although it was a misspelling, an intentional one, that car's license plate can be read as believe. And as I pulled into place, parked, and the word was illuminated by my car lights, the letters on the license plate, I was nonplussed. There I was, sitting in the dark, the end of a long day, ready for my library visit, 
And right in front of me was the word believe. It is a word that I have been playing with. It is a word that I have been playing with. And it was incredibly bizarre to see it in that moment on a car in front of me. It also was incredibly hopeful and optimistic and wonderful to know that someone in that library in that moment was the kind of person to get the word believe as a vanity plate. There was something so perfect about that. I'm starting to think that my library is some wellspring of serendipity. I think back to Wendy McNaughton's drawings of people at the public library in San Francisco, a book that I absolutely love. I'm a huge fan of hers anyway, but that was my introduction to her work several years ago. I think it's called Meanwhile. It has a subtitle, but it's Meanwhile. And what those drawings encapsulate about the public library, I think about that, what her drawings captured about this wonderful and complex network of libraries in San Francisco and the patrons who visit the libraries. I think through that, and I think through my last year of Thursday nights at the library, what it feels like to be there, what this night somehow has come to represent, And in the mix, over and over and over again in this mix, are these moments of serendipity at the library. Wellspring, indeed. I planned to talk about a book today. I really did. I really did. But we've got a dizzying mix now. A walking, a looping, of making space. A talk you really should also think about in terms of art and margins and making time. And old shows and coffee cups and lonely birds and concrete birds. This is a real mix. And so that we don't end on a sad note, we have a moment of serendipity and believe. And a word worth repeating. Wellspring. We'll put the book aside for another day. I am the art. The art is me. So that is it for today. That is it for episode 296. And I really appreciate you being here with me. If you made it this far, if you made it this far, I'm really glad that you listen all the way through. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. That's O-A-M-Y, O-A-M-Y. I didn't talk about it, but I have ordered a bunch of postcards, and I am hoping to start making some of those available as a way to help supplement this show. Supplementing this show is important, so thank you to those of you who do help support this show. Thank you especially to those of you who support the show at Patreon. Patreon.com slash creativity matters. The small group of you there who support the CMP have made a huge difference in the reality of this show and in how I can or cannot believe in this show. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. You have to find time though, and you have to make time. And don't forget to breathe. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>